The following program is underwritten by the Christmas City Gift Show. It's time now to get the hell out of your life. A weekly broadcast with real people, sharing real struggles, and offering real hope. Today's show will encourage, inspire, and empower you to face life's challenges with a bold confidence and renewed hope. Now, let's join our host, Ron Myers, the promoter. Hello, listeners. Another great show. God has a message for you today, and I cannot wait to deliver what God has for you today because it is going to be powerful. Have you ever asked yourself, how can God love me with all the bad things I've done? Before my Jesus day, that was a question I asked myself all the time. I used his name in vain. I lied. I used people. And that's just the small stuff. I avoided God like the plague. That is until Easter or Christmas. Then I waltzed into church like I was God's best buddy. The truth is, I had a war taking place in my soul. I had the devil on one shoulder and an angel on the other shoulder. This tug of war in my mind gave me no peace, no comfort, no understanding of who Jesus really is. It was one morning in a hotel room in Atlanta that a quiet voice, it was the voice of God, told me, Ron, let me show you your destiny. I love you. Wow, I knew this was a real moment. I tuned in to God's frequency. I confessed all my shortcomings and committed to follow him and discover my destiny. I felt the weight of many, many years of sin being washed away. That was over 20 years ago. And what I just shared with you was the easy part. The hard part with my new life was now how many people were not willing to forgive me or the lack of encouragement I received to move forward with my new walk with Jesus. Now, a good percentage of those judgment fingers pointing at me were members of the local churches. Can anyone listening relate to me? I mean, if God can forgive our sins and make us a new person with a home in heaven, why do so many individuals think we are beyond redemption? The answer is they cannot comprehend God's mercy and grace. The Bible says that all have sinned and fall short of the glory of God. Every single person in this world, everyone listening is in need of forgiveness, mercy, and grace. From the murderers on death road to the hypocrites sitting in church pews. Perhaps you are that one person who has not been accepted by your friends, family, or community because they see you as bad. Well, my guest today was one of those bad guys. I mean bad. He is a capital B-A-D guy. Before he met Jesus, he was sentenced to life in prison with another 25 years added on. But guess what? God had a different plan for Tommy Letson. Tommy's story is going to validate to you today God's mercy, redemption, and restoration. No person listening is beyond redemption and restoration. See, if we're going to discover our destiny, it has to start with us knowing that God is bigger than our past. Today's show is going to set someone free by breaking the chains of unworthiness and guilt. Let's meet today's guest, Tommy Letson. Good morning, Tommy. How are you? I'm blessed and highly favored in spite of myself. It just beats all I've ever seen. Amen. Uh, so, <laughs> hey, so before you tell your story, is God good? 
he is gooder than good. He's <laughs> he, he, gooder he's than good. all I've ever seen. Well, before you knew God was good, you were you were running with the devil. You were in his playground. You were in his toy box. You were all over the place. Tell the listeners a little bit about who Tommy Letson was. Well, I have to use that word was in there because I'm no longer. And it's not by anything that I've done. It's all that he did in my life. I started doing drugs and drinking alcohol when I was 13 years old. I started at that time uh, looking for something. I was trying to feel something inside of me just to change the way I thought. I would be mad at my mom and I'd be mad with my dad. And my dad and mom had got that divorce when I, my sister and I were real young. So I started looking for other things. I ran around with a lot of people that were a lot older than myself because I was always pretty large for my age as far as height goes. And so I just kind of fell in with, with the wrong crowd. We would camp out at night when we were kids, and we would go to the bootleggers and we'd get stuff to drink, and then pot came into my life. And uh, you couldn't really smell it on my breath and stuff. And so I went to using marijuana at that time. Well, then as as I got older, I got into some people down in, my dad lived in South Florida. My mother lived in Conyers, Georgia. And uh, I would get mad at my mom and go live with my dad. So when I went to South Florida, I just followed the same kind of people that I was following up in Georgia. And it was kind of like on steroids. Uh, that's where all the, the stuff was coming from. And I met a lot of uh, important people down there that were uh, bringing stuff in and around. So I just fell right in with it. It humbles me today that I'm not that person anymore, that God had transformed me. I was 60 years old when I found this man called Jesus. Jesus spoke to me in a club in South Beach, Miami. We had just done one of the largest dope deals that I had ever been a part of, and everything went real smooth. The drivers were on time. The money was right. The weight was a little over. Everything went so perfect that I thought it was a bust, but it wasn't. So after it was all went went done and, and done, we went to this club. A buddy of mine had a club there, and we were doing drugs and stuff right off the table. Now, I had heard of God, but I wanted no part of him because I, I was running from him and didn't even realize it until I really met the real Jesus. The God that I knew was sitting up on a cloud with a spear and was waiting for me to mess up and hit, and then bam, he was, you know, he was going to take me out. That's what I thought it was, but it really wasn't. When we was doing the drugs and stuff and, al- and the alcohol in this club, band was playing, the music was blasting, everybody was coming by the table, and I was everybody's friend because I had the dope on the table. And I heard this voice. I really call it a hum. I can't really say it was a voice, but it was, it was a voice. It was, you know, words. I, I never experienced anything like it. And I heard it, and it said, I love you. And when I heard that, I just, I, I just started like, what, what, what was that? And so the two girls that I was with at the table with me at that time, I said, did you hear that? And so they were laughing and drinking and, and doing the things that you do in a club. And they said, how can you hear anything in here with all this commotion, the band playing lights, flashing people, dancing, hooping and hollering? And I said, ah. So I done me another line of cocaine and done me another shot of snops. And a few minutes later, ever how long it was between that time, I heard that voice again. 
and it said, I love you. That hum just, I, just like, and I didn't say a word. I just kind of pushed back from the table. And Jen said to me, she said, Tommy, are you okay? Are you all right? Your whole composure is changing. And I said, did you, you didn't hear that. She said, Tommy, are you hearing voices? She said, it might be a word from the Lord. And God forgive me for this. But I said, I am the Lord. I need nobody else. God is for weak people. He don't exist. It's not real. She said, Tommy, slow down. You, 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 you've done enough. So I'd done another line of cocaine and done another shot of snops. And um, a few minutes after that, ever how long it was from the other two times that I had heard that voice, I heard that voice again. And that voice, small, still, just, it was louder than anything in there, but softer. So I, I couldn't understand it. And it said, I love you again. And so she looked at me and she said, Tommy, you hold composure. You're scaring me. And I said, okay, God, if this is a word from the Lord, let me know how I hear your voice in all this calamity. And that same voice that those other three times, counting that time, said, Joseph, my name is Joseph Thomas. He said, Joseph, when you hear the world, you hear the world from the outside in through your ears. When I speak to you, you hear me with your heart from the inside out. I said, oh, my God, this dude is real. What am I going to do now? And I'm going to be held accountable for all this stuff that I've been doing. And I knew it. I just knew it. I could tell it in the inner fiber of myself. And and Jen said, Tommy, Tommy, said, she said, y'all come over here and help me. get. we got to get him out of here. Something's happening to him. Look at him. <laughs> so you and part, so you, I ran. You're, you're, <laughs> you ran. You ran from God. Your party was about to change. And, uh, it was. And I did. I was on steroids from then on after. I mean, I was uh, I had been to jail several times during this voyage up to this point in my life and been to prison a couple of times. But when I got on these steroids and, and just started just going sure enough crazy. Tommy, when you say steroids, what do you mean? Real steroids? You were taking steroids? No, real. I mean, I was just wide open like I was on steroids because I I went. I went into more sin than I had ever been in my life, and 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 I knew I was running from God, and I figured I could if I could put enough dope, enough alcohol, and enough women in my in that hose, whatever was missing inside of me, that I was trying to fill it with all this stuff, and so I went at it doing more dope than I'd ever done, wow. drinking more than I'd ever drank, more women than I'd ever had, because I was everybody's friend because I had the dope. So, Tommy, um, we've got to take a break. And when we come back, we want to continue with that. But then we want to hear about your escapades in prison and the okay. life sentence. So we're going to take a break. And listeners, I'll be back sure. with Tommy Letson in just a minute. A okay. man that was sentenced to life in prison with 25 years added on to it. We're going to hear about that story and what God's plan was for him right after the break. You're listening to Get the Hell Out of Your Life with your host, Ron Myers. Real stories, real struggles, and real hope. In every war, there are casualties and wounded, missing in action, and POWs. The spiritual war we as Christians are involved in is no different. Our walk with God can be glorious, but it also makes us targets for the enemy's attacks. So what is our duty when a fellow soldier falls or is trapped behind enemy lines? That's when they need us most. And in most armies, the mission is clear. Go in and rescue the troops in danger. But it's been said that Christians are the only army that shoots its wounded. 
Instead, we must not give up on those missing in action or those wounded either by their own actions or the actions of others. The worst thing we can do is attack them or give up on them because it's been proven many times that even those who've deserted usually do return to the ranks. And often, though they are scarred, they eventually prove to have more wisdom, valor, and honor than before they left. Don't shoot the wounded. You can never fall too hard, so fast, so far that you can't get back when you're lost. Where you are is never too late, so bad, so much that you can't change. You can never fall too hard, so fast, so far that you can't get back when you're lost. Where you are is never too late, so bad, so much that you can't change. At the foot of the Listeners, welcome back. On the phone with me is Tommy Letson, a man that um, was on a, wow, a wild train of drugs, cocaine, everything. Heard the voice of God, but instead of running to God, he ran from God. And Tommy, before the break, you were just saying that you were just about ready to go to prison. Now, what did you go to prison for, for the, the one where you got the life sentence with 25 years added to it? I got that sentence because I had multiple trafficking charges and smuggling charges that I had. Uh, I was buying and selling drugs and uh, just doing all kinds of stuff. Well, they told me if I pled guilty, that they would give me a life sentence. They said if I pled not guilty, they was going to give me life in 25. So what's the difference? You know, so I went to a jury trial. I got found guilty. I was guilty. And I went to prison. And when I got to prison, I just was doing the same thing in prison that I was doing on the streets, pretty much. But it was just a different uh, situations and stuff. I got in there, and Georgia prison system, then they stopped you from smoking. You couldn't smoke cigarettes in there anymore. And so you could make more money selling tobacco than you could drugs, really, you know, because old people in there with life sentences and stuff which I was in all level five camps. It uh, All they had to do was drink coffee and smoke cigarettes. That's what they lived for. So I just fell into that. Well, I had got in trouble for selling tobacco and stuff and fighting, and I had got put into to the hole. I was in the hole, and a guy had got locked up that was selling the tobacco for me in the prison. And so I was mad at him. He, they put him in the cell next to me, and I was fussing at him. And so I drawed back and I kicked the Bible. And when I kicked the Bible, it hit the wall and it opened up. And I was using the pages of the Bible to roll up cigarettes. God forgive me. And, <laughs> and wait, wait just a minute. I'm going to get this. I, I get this straight. You were taking the pages of the Bible and using yes. that as rolling paper. And so you were smoking the word of God. <laughs> I was smoking the word of God in a literal sense. But I, and, and this is what's so amazing about this. I call this my transitional scripture because this is where my walk with the Lord really started. When I kicked that Bible and it went to the wall and it mounts back and it opened up to the book of Romans, Romans 8, 18, and it's King James version and King and the King James version, uh, Romans 8, 18. And I, I just looked at the book and it was like, it just opened up and the pages flipped like it just, you know, something moved it. And I, when I looked down, the first thing that I saw was Romans 8 and then Romans 8, 18. And it said, for I reckon. 
And that word reckon just blew off the page like panoramic, like sitting in a theater, like reckon. And I was like, what in the world? And I rubbed my eyes and I, I looked at it again and it said, for I reckon. And the word reckon just blew off the page again. I said, oh, Lord, I'm having flashbacks. I'm losing my mind. You know, I'm going crazy. What is going on? And so it threw me like into a self-inventory of my life. And I remembered that that world, word reckon. My mother, like I said, my mom and daddy got a divorce early in my in my life and stuff. And so my grandmother did most of the raising, you know, when I was at home uh, in Conyers, Georgia. And all of a sudden, when I that word reckon, I remember when I was a small, small child, she'd say, I reckon you better get in this yard, boy. Or I reckon you better clean your room. Or I reckon you better go cut me a switch, which I heard a lot of that back in my <laughs> younger days. <laughs> so that <laughs> word reckon brought something to you, and you felt exactly. God, that God was, yes. he was coming. So th- was this the point then you finally surrendered to God? That's when I started surrendering. The scripture says, for I reckon that the suffering of this present time are not worthy to be compared with the glory which shall be revealed in us. Wow. And I thought, oh, my goodness. You know, and that, and I spoke this now. I said, oh, my goodness. I'm speaking this out loud in, in the hole. And I said, what if I called my grandmother, Mama Jack, and uh, uh, friends called her Jack, and her real name was Nettie, Nettie Young, but uh, they called her Jack. So I called her Mama Jack. I said, what if Mama Jack knew all the horrible things that I have done and where I was at? Wow. And that same voice that I heard way back then in South Florida, sitting in that club that I was running from, said she does. Wow. We, we're running short on time, so we want to tell listeners right now. Tell listeners, what's life been like for you now that you are free and you are living your destiny? What's your life like? Everything that was upside down is right side up. I thought everything that was upside down was right then. But then once the Lord came into my life, when I got out of prison, I went straight back into that same lifestyle. The last two years that I was in prison, I got a reduced sentence. They lowered it down to 60 and I got to make parole. They turned around and my mother died. My daddy died. An uncle who was just like my daddy died. My sister uh, half-sister Susan overdosed and died, and my wife got killed coming to see me in prison on visitation day. So a uh, drunk driver hit her head on and killed her. And so when I got out of prison, I had nothing. I had nobody. I didn't know what to do. This God thing was in me. I was feeling peace, and I was wanting to search him out. But I got out and started doing the same thing again. And then all of a sudden, I call it a ping, a light come on or something. And I said, I'm on parole for the rest of my life now. If I get caught, and I will get caught eventually, then I'm going to spend the rest of my life without the possibility of parole if I ever go back to prison for this stuff again. So I went into a place called Seven Springs Ministry, which was a rehab here. And I got banned from the state of Georgia. One of the conditions of my parole was that I would leave the state of Georgia and not return, which all that's been redone now. I can go back there now. Believe it or not, God, praise Jesus for that. Turned around and went in there, and it was a year program. So I went through the year program. I graduated. They asked me to stay on staff, and I became staff, stayed there for a couple of years after that, and then left there and went 
with a company called Self Recovery, picking people up and carrying them uh, to detox. And when I would get, we would carry them there to detox five to nine days. And if they wanted to go into aftercare, we would help them get into aftercare. I did that for a year. And then uh, now I'm at a place called Our Father's Arms, Bob McLeod's place here in Jacksonville, Alabama, and working with recovering addicts. Wow. Not, that is not, that that that, that is. That is awesome. That is awesome. And and I'm sorry I can't uh, go into too much more because we're just about out of time. Uh, Tommy, uh, is there redemption there for anyone that has done bad things in their life? Does God, can God still use them? God can use them. We through much suffering we enter in. He takes all that garbage we done. In Revelations twelve and eleven it says, By the blood of the Lamb and the word of your testimony is how. They Amen. overcome. It takes the broken to lead the broken to confound the wise. Been there, done that, got a T-shirt. God is real. <laughs> God is love. And uh, I'm happy. <laughs> you are. You happy. are happy. You are a happy camper. One last thing before I let you go. How do you get the hell out of your life? How do you get the hell out of your life? You trust in him. You read your words. And you let him love the hell right out of you. <laughs> so well put. Tommy Letson, thank you for taking some time and sharing your story with us today. God bless your brother. And we'll be have to come back and do a follow-up because your story is absolutely fascinating. Thank you, brother. I appreciate y'all so much. I'm humbled at the opportunity to share my story. You're listening to Get the Hell Out of Your Life with your host, Ron Myers. Real stories, real struggles, and real hope. Hi, this is Candy Anderson Ferris bringing you a message of hope. One of my favorite verses that speaks to God's forgiveness is found in Romans. Therefore, there is now no condemnation for those who are in Christ Jesus. Because through Jesus Christ, the law of the Spirit who gives life has set you free from the law of sin and death. No matter what you've done, Jesus died for you. As his child, you and I are forgiven. There was a precious example, one of those that'll preach moments that happened several years ago when my twin grandbabies were just little itsy bitsy things. Bodie had hit his sister Tegan and she just stood him up, put his face in her hands and said, look at me. What did you do to me? She said, again, what did you do to me? And he said, I hit you. And she said, that's right. Now, are you sorry? And he said, yes. And at that very moment, she took him in her arms, wrapped him up and said, I forgive you. While we were yet sinners, Christ Jesus died for us. His grace, His forgiveness, His mercy is unfailing. He knew we were sinners. He knew we were depraved people. But yet He died for us and He takes us in His arms and He wraps us up in His precious grace. If we confess our sins, He is faithful, and He is just to forgive us of all our sins and to cleanse us 
from all unrighteousness. Remember today, you are forgiven. Who is the real Jesus? Well, Jesus, in my opinion, has gotten a bad rap from a lot of TV preachers and some churches, and he wants his reputation back. So who is the real Jesus? Well, the real Jesus is God coming to earth and the person of Jesus to have a personal one-on-one intimate relationship with you. The real Jesus is your friend, your teacher, your mentor, your savior. The real Jesus will never laugh at you or condemn you. His unconditional love melts away the hell in your life. The real Jesus ignites a passion within you to live life, to pursue your divine destiny. The real Jesus will feel the emptiness in your soul. The real Jesus forgives your past, your present, and your future. The real Jesus encourages you to become everything you were created to become. The real Jesus wants you to know that your life matters. The real Jesus empowers you to walk with a confidence that no matter what obstacles you face, you will move forward in his dynamite power. The real Jesus is for you and never against you. The real Jesus will give you peace. His desire is no more tears, no more worries, but a peace that speaks to your soul and says, it's going to be okay. It really is. I have your situation in my nail scarred hands and I cannot lie to you. You are my beloved child, so trust me. We will get through this together. And one day you will tell your story of my amazing grace. Is today the day that you ask Jesus into your life? Ron will be back in a moment to wrap up today's conversation. We want to encourage you today with God's promise to you. It comes from the book of Jeremiah, chapter 29, verse 11. For I know the plans I have for you, declares the Lord. Plans to prosper you and not to harm you. Plans to give you hope and a future. That's God's promise to you when you choose to commit your plans and future to Him. Now, back to Ron. Well, listeners, my time is up and I will see you next week. And remember, a copy of today's show is on my website at thepromoter.org. Help me spread the word about the real Jesus and share this program with someone who needs some hope. Until next week, this is Ron Myers inviting you to discover your destiny and get the hell out of your life. Get 
Get the Hell Out of Your Life is produced by Ron Myers Productions and is underwritten by the Christmas City Gift Show. We invite you to come shop with over 250 exhibitors from all over the South. November 11th through the 13th inside the Convention Center on the beach in Biloxi, Mississippi. You can find more information at ChristmasCityGiftShow.com. If you would like to share your story or listen to previous episodes, please visit our website, thepromoter.org. Join us next week for another episode of Get the Hell Out of Your Life. Real stories, real struggles, and real hope.